It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make... Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, certified nutrition specialist and host of Dishing Up Nutrition. And I am so pleased to have Shelby joining us today <laughs> as we talk about shingles and cold sores. Think about that, Shelby. Well, shingles sure. and cold sores. <laughs> so here I we are. I am just so excited <clears throat> to be in the studio with you. Good morning to our listeners. My name is Shelby Hummel, and I'm a licensed nutritionist, and I got my master's degree in applied clinical nutrition, which basically that just means that I love helping people feel better through simply eating better, right? So one of the things, Dar, that I hear a lot of people say is, it's just so confusing. A lot of people are confused about what they should eat to stay healthy. I agree. Many people are confused. They are. So one of the things that I share with clients and you know people as I'm talking to them is that you know I found that there are certain foods that my body just does better when I'm not eating them. And one group is that gluten grains. So I found that when I eat gluten grains, I used to feel tired. I used to feel sluggish and I even made my hips kind of achy. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) So, you know, as a nutritionist, we understand that not everyone is sensitive to gluten, Mm -hmm. but we know that processed carbohydrates are very often inflammatory for very many people. A lot of people have trouble with processed carbohydrates. And that must have been the case for me because to have achy hips at such a young what age, what I consider to be a yes. young age. Well, yeah. I would consider it to be just <laughs> really young. <laughs> so it's funny because when I stopped filling my plate with those gluten grains like pasta and bread, it also helped me to focus on cutting out a lot of those processed carbohydrates that we're talking about often. So I noticed that I had better energy, of course, when mm-hmm. I was eating less processed carbohydrates, but my clothes were also fitting better when I was eating all those vegetables instead oh. of pasta. So, really, listeners, our topic today isn't about gluten or carbs. It is about how you can use nutrition to prevent coming down with shingles or cold sores. Yep. That's our topic. That's our topic today. It should be a good one. And, you know, if you're listening today and you've had shingles, you know the pain. Those people who experience shingles have nerve pain, itching, maybe fever, or those fluid-filled blisters. Definitely not something I want to be dealing with. Shingles typically affects a small area of the body and usually occurs just on one side of the body. So when People are experiencing shingles. Pain is often the first symptom that they have. So -hmm. listeners, take a quick scan of how you're feeling. If you're feeling hot, itchy, or have that tingling pain, could it be shingles? Could be. So if you've had experienced shingles in the past, you know that it itches and it itches a lot. So shingles can also result in burning and numbness and is very sensitive to the touch. Shingles is something we all want to avoid if possible. Absolutely. And a shingles outbreak is most common on either the left 
or the right side of the torso. So typically I think of right where the pants sit. Mm-hmm. That's, That's where exact. people notice it. Mm-hmm. The other um, possible place to have shingles is on the face, especially around the eye, which is something I don't want to be dealing with. And it's really more dangerous when it's around the eye. Mm-hmm. It's very serious. Yep. So we know that uh, shingles can last anywhere from three to five weeks. But honestly, there are some people who have shingles for months at a time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most people will only experience shingles one time in their life. But you may be someone who has had shingles very multiple times. Mm-hmm. So let's talk, Shelby. Let's talk about who gets shingles and who is at risk. Yeah. Because not everyone gets shingles. You're right, Dar, and that's kind of interesting. I start to think about the people who are most at risk are probably those people with a weakened immune system, which used to be me, right? All those chronic ear infections. Mm -hmm. I think of how weak my immune system was when I was growing up. So, Shelby, when we think about a weakened immune system, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if listeners would think of themselves as having a weakened immune system, but who would those people be? You know... One of the first groups of people that I think of, Dar, right away are people with cancer, mm-hmm. right? The other people that I think of are, you know, maybe someone who's been ill recently. You know, Matt, maybe they're battling pneumonia or maybe they've had, you know, a primary immune dysfunction or even someone with HIV, right? Mm-hmm. Another group of people that I think of, Dar, someone who has just experienced a major trauma, I don't know if you noticed when you came in, but there was a car accident just down the street. Oh, yes, I did notice. Yeah. I was saying, thank you. I was <laughs> two minutes earlier. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So someone who was maybe recently in an, a car accident or maybe someone who just had death of a spouse or a child or even a parent. You know, those are people who are also at risk. And those are people under a lot of stress. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, you know... As we talk about that, you know, another group of people at risk would be those who are on people who are under a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. You know, who are those people? Maybe those are the people that are not sleeping mm-hmm. very well or not sleeping enough. Yeah. You know, we hear four or five hours and people somehow believe that that's enough sleep. Well, um, Dar, but, that, that brings to mind a group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe someone who's caring for a spouse. Right. I think of like my aunt, for example, who's caring for my uncle with Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only is she doing all the cooking and the cleaning, but she's also working to make sure he's comfortable. And I also think of people who are maybe taking care of their parents. Or people who are taking care of their newborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big group of people. <laughs> or we have another group of people, people that are who just eat poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, they're at risk. You know, they often live on processed carbs. They don't even have an idea what vegetables are. (laughs) They lack protein in their diet, and they eat bad fats. And we often call this the typical American diet. You're right, Dar. And fast food and pizza are their standard go-to foods. Mm -hmm. And we know there's a lot of people like that. Yep. I kind of joke sometimes that my little pup, Nora, eats more vegetables than most adults do. (laughs) So, Dar, I definitely want to talk more about shingles, but, you know, we're going to take our first break. So, listeners, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And last week, if you were listening to our show, Brenna and Kate shared research linking alcohol consumption to a higher risk of breast cancer. 
So a new study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association has found that the rate of alcoholism in the United States rose an alarming 49% in the first decade of this century. That's 49%. 49%. So it's now one in eight adults meet the criteria for diagnosing what they are now calling alcohol use disorder. Very interesting. So you listeners think about that. We'll be back from break. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, today we're discussing eating and lifestyle habits you can practice to boost your immune function to help prevent a shingles outbreak Mm -hmm. or even a cold sore outbreak. But first, this study that Shelby was just reported to us called Alcohol, a Public Health Crisis, and found nearly one in four adults under the age of 30 meet the diagnostic criteria for alcoholism. Mm-hmm. One in four mm-hmm. below the age of 30. That's a whole lot of drinking going on. Uh, you know, the Center of Disease Control estimates that 88,000 people die from alcohol-related diseases every year. Wow. That's more than twice the annual death toll of an opiate death overdose. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, people would not think of that because everything is in the paper about opiate overdoses and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and crisis that we're in now. So almost 17% of men are now considered alcoholic. And 15, year ago, 15 years ago, that rate was about 10%. Hmm. So I guess everybody should be asking the question, why the increase in addiction? Hmm. I, I so, think I have some ideas. That's kind of a good question, isn't it? It is a good question. So we were talking about shingles. Yeah, and we were kind of telling listeners, you know, shingles, typically pretty itchy, those blister-filled um, things that they see on the sides of their um, body, kind of around where their pants sit maybe, could Mm -hmm. be on the face. So we talked a little bit about what shingles looks like, but what exactly is shingles? Listeners, you may be asking yourself that question, but shingles is a virus, and it's actually the same virus that causes chickenpox, right? Yep. So the name of that virus is the herpes zoster virus. You know, according to medical experts, once you have chickenpox, this virus stays dormant in the body. So just as listeners, think back now, did you have chicken pox? And if you did, then you have that virus. Mm-hmm. And it can be reactivated under certain conditions, especially when your immune system is in a weakened state. Uh-huh. This is when a shingles outbreak can occur. And I remember having the chicken pox because oh. I thought it was so silly that my mom was taking something from the kitchen oatmeal and putting it in the, in the tub for me to soak in. Yes. <laughs> you know, so approximately one in five people who have had chicken pox will reactivate that virus or they'll wake that virus back up in their mm-hmm. body. So that is what causes shingles. But the question at that point is, well, how can you eat and live your life so you don't wake up or reactivate that virus? Well, you know, listeners, I have a nutritional surprise for you. As you know, we always say eat healthy fats, mm-hmm. such as olive oil and butter and avocado and nuts and nut butter. However, when it comes to eating nuts, 
you need to be careful. Uh-huh. You know, and I, I found this when a lot of our clients find out that nuts are good fats, <laughs> they kind of start overeating them. And they go, woohoo, I get to eat nuts again. <laughs> exactly. And they start overeating almonds. And then suddenly they experience a, a cold sore breakout or ready uh-huh. to come out. Yep. Which is like it reactivated a virus. Uh-huh. So what's going on with the extra almonds, yeah. I wonder? Yeah, what is that all about? So, you know, listeners, while a few almonds are okay, too many contain that high amount of the amino acid called arginine. So, you know, you can eat almonds as a healthy fat, but if you're eating more and more and more, that amino acid called arginine can help reactivate the herpes virus. So if you're going to be eating more than about a fourth of a cup of almonds daily, we really recommend taking an amino acid called L-lysine mm-hmm. as a supplement. It's interesting. They found that L-lysine is thought to compete with L-arginine, mm-hmm. and it seems to be effective in preventing viral outbreaks. Hmm. Interesting. So, Dar, if I'm hearing you correctly, basically what you're saying is that if we follow a high lysine diet and a low arginine diet, it is going to be more difficult for those viruses to reproduce. Is that really what Mm -hmm. you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. So listeners, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, well, I'm hearing you. What exactly is a high lysine and a low arginine diet? You know, as a preventive measure, we suggest choosing foods that are high in lysine while avoiding those that contain a lot of arginine. That's easy to say. Uh Uh-huh. But most people have no clue about the lysine or arginine content of foods. Although, (laughs) if I ask you what the fat content of certain foods, many of you would be able to give me an answer immediately. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Because we're so tuned in to the fat content of foods. You're right, Dar. Yep. So think of it this way. Foods high in lysine are usually like animal protein. Mm -hmm. You know, there are things like beef, cheese, chicken, pork, fish, shell foods, well, foods high in arginine are nuts, grains, legumes, and beans. Hmm. So some research has found that limiting foods high in arginine, such as almonds in your diet and eating a variety of animal proteins, may actually help prevent a shingles outbreak. Interesting. Kinda, I mean, this is kind of, you know, interesting. The results, the results were not conclusive, uh-huh. but they sort of indicated that. Well, and it makes a lot of sense, Dar, because I know when we teach classes, we talk about animal protein and how it supports the immune system. Right. That's one thing that I think of every time that I eat protein at breakfast is it's self-care because I'm supporting my immune system right from the start of the day. And then we also suggest eating protein. And then if you're going to eat beans with that, mm-hmm. it's like a half a cup of beans. Mm-hmm. It's not a whole cup, you know, in and then a whole cup of rice, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Too many carbohydrates. Yep. Too many carbohydrates. But, you know, Dar, I want to talk about another piece of research. So research has found that taking an L-lysine supplement daily as a preventative measure did demonstrate effectiveness. So as listeners, you may be wondering what we as nutritionists do clinically to help these clients prevent having a shingles outbreak. You're probably screaming at your radio and saying, They're going to talk about food. And you're right. You know, when we look at the big picture, there's a lot of things that we can do with food. 
But we can also talk about, you know, other lifestyle habits that we address. You know, we know that when you have chicken pox, you have that virus. You're always going to carry that virus in your system. But we also know that it only becomes a problem when it comes out from hiding, right? When it goes from that dormant state into the active form of shingles. And that's only if your immune system is being challenged. So as you know, listeners, we at Nutritional Weight and Wellness think almonds are good for you. But let's say, and this happens to a lot of people. We hear it all the time. Didn't prepare a balanced snack, which we also think is good for you. So you end up snacking on almonds all day throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And that could potentially lead to a problem. Yeah. Dara, you're right. I hear a lot of clients say, you know, I didn't have time to pack my, my protein shake or I didn't have time to get, you know, a hard-boiled egg and an apple and some peanut butter. So I just I just went to the vending machine and got some almonds to snack or on. Or they, they grab a whole bag of almonds, you know. Uh-huh. Yep. Not a small bag, a big bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a good measure of prevention against a shingles outbreak, you know, maybe for some people, simply taking an L-lysine supplement would be helpful. I typically recommend clients take two L-lysine before breakfast, you know, to help them keep that lysine-arginine ratio in balance, you know. And I want to talk a little bit more about some of the other lifestyle and eating habits, but, you know, Dar, we got to go to our second break here. Okay, very good. you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition counseling and life-changing nutrition education. So if you are listening to us by podcast... Hi, Mom. I know you're listening. (laughs) And you appreciate our message. We really encourage you to leave a review on iTunes if you have a topic that you'd like to hear. We also want you to let us know. You know, we always are looking for ways to support our listeners, and we greatly appreciate your input. So, And then one other thing is if you have questions for Dar and myself today in studio, give us a call at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. So welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I believe many of us realize that we need to eat better to support our immune function so we have a better chance of avoiding the shingles, Mm -hmm. avoiding cancer, avoiding heart disease, and even the everyday cold and cold sores and viruses and so many other diseases. Yep. You know, as a nutritionist, and we do this every day at work, we can tell you (laughs) to avoid sugar. Don't drink fruit juice. Reduce your caffeine intake. Stop drinking pop. Leave the fried foods at the fast food restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know those French fries. Oh, yeah. But will you just, but will you just wake up one morning and say to yourself, this is it. (laughs) Today, my diet is going to include healthy animal protein, beneficial fat, and vegetable carbohydrates. And from now on, this is how I will eat every meal and every day. If only it were that easy. Yeah. Remember, (laughs) we are all human. So the popcorn will probably call your name when you sit down to watch a movie. And when someone brings chocolate chip cookies to the office, you'll say to yourself, I haven't had them for so long and I'll just have one. But then you just can't stop. And you eat them until they're all gone. 
scary, isn't it? <laughs> I but can we are see, human. Yes, we are. Yeah. And most people are they when they come in for an appointment or to take a class with us, they say, you know, I want to be healthier. Mm-hmm. So most people want to feel better. They want their immune system and their cells to work better. So how do you leave those old habits behind and start to establish new habits that you can actually put into practice? You know, Shelby, interesting. You know, we read and research all the time that it takes three weeks to develop a new habit. Oh, goodness. Oh, that is so untrue. Oh, man. We see it time and time again. Sometimes it takes three years Uh to develop some of these nutritional habits that support your immune system. Yeah, absolutely. And I always tell my clients, you know, I'm practicing at this every day. I mean, even though Mm -hmm. I'm immersed in a culture that prioritizes good food, it still is a practice. It is. When I teach our Nutrition for Weight Loss program or even our Weight and Wellness um, six-week series, you know, we talk about these habits. So I would encourage you listeners, come join me or one of our other great nutrition educators this September to learn a new way of eating. You know, say goodbye to those old eating habits. You know, we often say habits that move you forward mm-hmm. or habits that, that are holding you back. That's right. Exactly. So if you want to learn more about those classes, I'll put a plug in for Wyzetta because I'm teaching both the Wyzetta Nutrition for Weight Loss class. And I'm really excited to teach the six-week weight and wellness series starting on September 20th. So go to weightandwellness.com or you can call the office this morning at 651-699-3438. So if you want to take a class with an upbeat teacher, they're all upbeat. Really. <laughs> you're so you're so right, Dar. So listeners, before we had to go to break, we were talking about... Um, keeping that lysine and arginine ratio in balance. So I was talking about L-lysine, you know, taking an L-lysine supplement on an empty stomach before breakfast. But Dar, we want to remind our listeners that there is much more than just taking supplements to keep shingles at bay, right? Yep. I think we all agree Mm -hmm. that shingles is no fun. As we mentioned before, according to medical experts, once you have chicken pox, that virus stays in your body As long as it stays dormant, you won't have any issues. Mm -hmm. However, for some people, the virus can reactivate, especially at times of a weakened immune function. And that's when the shingles outbreak occurs. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that, listeners. You know, is it only an issue for people who are over the age of 50? Are those the only type of people who are getting shingles? Or are we starting to see shingles occurring in people much younger? People as early as, you know, in their 20s or their 30s. And that kind of brings up a personal story for um, you listeners that I want to share. I actually had a college roommate, and Dar and I, we were talking about this before Mm -hmm. we went on this morning, but one of my college roommates had shingles. And I I think she was probably 23, 24 at the time. We just had finished It wasn't a senior citizen college roommate. It was not a senior citizen (laughs) college roommate. No, no. She... um, you know, I think she had a lot of stress in her life, right? Mm-hmm. She was working full time. Um, she was actually studying t- for the CPA exam, which okay. I understand is is very challenging. So I think she was probably burning the candle at both ends. Probably. Working full time, but also studying. And then the kicker here is I think she had some digestive issues. Mm-hmm. You know, she went to her doctor and was kind of diagnosed with IBS or irritable bowel and 
you know, probably wasn't digesting food and maybe had some food sensitivities. Possibly. And all those things were affecting her immune system. Mm-hmm. And so then the virus got reactivated mm-hmm. and she got shingles. Yeah. And actually, one of the things that I remember her complaining about is it was really hard for her to put on work pants. Because they would rub against those blisters and it was so painful. So, listeners, you may be thinking, "Hmm, why does a 20-year-old, a healthy, she was pretty healthy before. Very active. mm -hmm, Get shingles. So, like Shelby said, it was probably lack of sleep. Kind of a poor diet for what she needed. Mm -hmm. And too much stress. And probably all those things added into it. Mm-hmm. So what can you do to prevent it from happening to you? So let's look at some lifestyle habits and foods that you can use at any age to boost your immune function to help prevent shingles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I kind of think of it like this, Dar. Maybe the top foods that you can eat to support your immune function. So a lot of you longtime listeners know here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we always say real food first. So I would start out by recommending 12 to 14 ounces of high-quality protein. I bet the listeners have heard this before. Yes, I'm sure they have. So high-quality protein options would include things like grass-fed beef, eggs, free-range chicken, and even that wild-caught salmon that I made this week. Mm -hmm. So it may surprise you that meat and fish are not only high in lysine, but they're also high in B vitamins. So Listeners, I was telling you about our six-week weight and wellness class that I'll be teaching on starting on September 20th. I love to teach clients that when they have a sufficient amount of good bacteria, called that bifidobacteria, and when they eat that animal protein, they actually are able to make their own B vitamins. And then I ask people, well, why do we care about B vitamins? And that's when I tell them, gosh, Not only do they give you good moods and good energy, but our B vitamins support our nerves and our nervous system. So pretty Mm -hmm. important, Dar. It is. So I believe it's so important to get your immune system off to a good start each and every day. So in the morning, I suggest to clients to maybe scramble a couple of eggs with a fourth of a cup of cottage cheese, which yields about three ounces of protein. Mm -hmm. And of course, cook it in butter. On low heat, then saute beet greens or spinach or kale Uh in coconut oil. Vegetables. Add a half a cup of diced carrots. (laughs) This is a perfectly balanced breakfast that will kick your immune function into gear to fight off viruses and bacteria. Uh Different kind of breakfast than a lot of people think of. Different kind of breakfast, Dar. And, you know, if you're adventurous like me, maybe you'll throw in some garlic. That Uh minced garlic, when you add that to your sautéed spinach or your kale, you just added allicin, which is known to boost your immune function, right? So, Dar, what other foods do you think of or what other immune support do we get from eating animal protein? I think of zinc right away. What do you think of? Oh, I think of zinc, too. Uh But let's talk before we go on to zinc. Let's talk about allicin. That's Mm. a new word for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. What is allicin? I mean... Yeah, where did we find allicin? Yeah, that's interesting. So if any of you listeners have heard of the term allium, right? Mm -hmm. So 
garlic and onions and, you know, spring onions, that whole family of foods. That's where you would find that allicin. And it fights off virus and mm-hmm. bacteria. Great. I mean, it's used all the time for that. Yeah. I actually used to use garlic to prevent swimmer's ear. Right. Mm-hmm. When I would when I would teach swimming lessons, I would use that because I knew that it kept my immune system strong. So perfect. We'll go on to zinc after the break. Then. Yeah. Yep. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We promised we would also talk about cold sores today. So cold sores come from the herpes simplex virus. And they first appear about three to 10 days after exposure. And typically cold sores can last up to three weeks. Unfortunately, like the shingles virus, this virus also remains permanently in your body in that dormant state, right? So until it's reactivated by your immune system being, you know, stressed out. So things that can stress out your immune system include illness, trauma, stress, or even high sugar consumption. So again, listeners, I want you to be thinking about protecting your immune system. We'll be right back. Hey, Cravings, what's up? Not you, because I'm taking you down. Oh, didn't see that coming? Because I've always buckled under your pressure? Well, this is my house now. So bring it, ice cream. You want a piece of me cake? I see you in the pantry, potato chips. See, this super chick got herself to nutritional weight and wellness and learned that cravings aren't a willpower thing, more like a blood sugar, mineral deficiency, digestive thing. And eating in balance slays the beast. Animal protein. Healthy fats, vegetable carbs, the temptation taming trifecta. Make you shrink and me shine. Do I feel deprived? (laughs) Not when I'm armed with my nutritional weight and wellness num-num chucks. So step off, cravings, or I'll swing you into oblivion. I guess I better clean this up. Learn how to conquer your cravings with the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. Visit weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Now, next week, August 30th, 31st, and September 1st, we're offering three classes at half price. They're only $12.50 for each of these classes. Wow. And these are 90-minute classes. Mm-hmm. And one of them would be the magic of minerals. One of my favorites, Dar. I love teaching that this spring. <laughs> or Nell's going to be teaching five steps to boost metabolism. Mm-hmm. So Cassie's going to be teaching the magic of minerals because mm-hmm. we we have fans of these people. I know. <laughs> so and Leah's going to be teaching eating to reduce pain and inflammation. And I know that'll be a very popular one. Mm-hmm. So all of these classes will be held at our Maple Grove office. So if you want to sign up, you got to call a different number. It's a 763-657-1730. And you can sign up and be part of the group. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Dar, before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about supporting the immune system. You know, we were talking about a, a balanced breakfast that would, you know, keep you feeling satisfied, but also keep your immune cells strong. And one of the things that we were talking about was zinc. So tell us a little bit more about zinc. So zinc is certainly an immune builder and it keeps your immune system up and running. Mm -hmm. So again, what foods are high in zinc? Well, we go back to these same kind of foods, Mm -hmm. beef, shrimp, oysters, spinach, flaxseed, 
pumpkin seed and kidney beans are a few. Mm-hmm. So I always think, gosh, what could I eat? Well, you know what? You might decide to have a beef patty or a small steak with sautéed spinach and a half a cup of kidney beans for breakfast mm-hmm. to jumpstart your immune function. Yeah. Or a lot of people do chili. Dar, I was just talking to my grandma who she's she's getting ready to have a surgery in the beginning beginning of September and we were just kind of talking about nutrition stuff and she said, "You know, your grandpa and I we've known since about the 70s that zinc was really important for our immune system Mm -hmm. they also talk a lot about vitamin c Mm -hmm. but she said you know shelby how can i be supporting my immune system for good healing and i said well grandma i think you could make a big pot of chili and have that around for whenever you're feeling hungry not only does it have zinc from that grass-fed beef or Mm -hmm. they live out in the black hills so they might use bison instead yes and, uh, you know, then putting some vitamin C with those tomatoes in there. I think that's exactly. really perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So <laughs> listeners, what we're saying is food does matter, right? So when we're talking about our immune system, we want you to look at what you're eating. So for people who don't eat meat or seafood, they may, may need to consider supplementing with zinc to get adequate amounts of zinc for their immune system. If you're the type of person who's getting colds frequently or you find that your taste buds, you know, maybe your taste is off a little bit, you may be deficient in zinc. So those low levels of zinc affect your immune system. They also affect your sense of taste, and they even affect your vision, right? So we believe 30 to 50 milligrams of zinc is ideal. It's I kind of think of it as that Goldilocks nutrient. You don't want too much, and you don't want too little. You want it just right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, you know, thinking about zinc, too, here's another clue for a lot of people is that when you're low on zinc, often you are someone that has to have that dessert after a meal. Uh Uh-huh. They crave a little bit of sugar right after a meal. Like a Hershey kiss or something. Yes. And that's Uh just an indication that perhaps your zinc level is down. Yep. And I think most of our listeners know that vitamin C... You just Mm -hmm. talked about vitamin C, how it supports immune function. Mm -hmm. So what are the top 10 vitamin C foods? They're oranges. Yep. Kale, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, Mm -hmm. strawberries, red pepper. And I have a story about red peppers. But first I want to say it's best to buy only organic red peppers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there's a high pesticide residue Found on conventionally grown red peppers. Yep. Okay, here's my story. (laughs) You know, my little dog, Bella. Yes. Loves red peppers. Every (laughs) few days, she'll just gobble up a few pieces of red pepper for a treat. No, Nora loves red pepper, too. You know, I think these are really smart dogs. Uh Uh-huh. They know that food matters and that red peppers are high in vitamin C and good for their immune system. Nora does know food matters. She's very food motivated. She it, she has some sense, Dar. It's like I can get the coconut oil jar out or I can pull vegetables from the fridge and I'll be there chopping vegetables. And she she sits very politely and waits for her slice of red bell pepper or her slice of sweet potato or some kale. Mm-hmm. She loves it. Well, you know... Listeners, if your dog goes to doggy daycare, like my Bella does a couple Mm -hmm. of days, you might just try feeding it red pepper 
or broccoli to boost your dog's immune function. You know what? It's kind of working for Bella because she's only had one sick day in three years. <laughs> oh, I, that's great. I don't bet it works for your doggy too. She's at doggy daycare this morning too. Okay. So we fed her lots of good stuff last night. So there are some other foods that are high in vitamin C, um, grapefruit, kiwi, guava, and green peppers. So if we go back to that immune-boosting breakfast that we were talking about, maybe mm-hmm. you add some red or green bell peppers to those scrambled eggs, and maybe you have a, fl- a few slices of orange to go alongside. But one thing I want to tell our listeners is having an orange is not the same as having orange juice, right? TV nutrition and different TV ads would tell us that orange is high in vitamin C. You know, orange juice is high high in in vitamin vitamin C, C. but it's actually just high in sugar. So if you can imagine an eight ounce glass of orange juice, that contains about eight teaspoons of sugar. And you wouldn't just mix that into water, would you? No. And and drink eight teaspoons of sugar. (laughs) (laughs) So have you ever gone to an antique store and seen the juice glasses? Mm-hmm. Just like the ones that your great-grandmother served uh-huh. juice in. You know, these glasses hold about three ounces at the most. Pretty small, yep. Of fresh-squeezed juice. Mm-hmm. And it was fresh-squeezed then. Of course it was. Today, people are drinking at least eight ounces of juice daily. Many people, when uh-huh. they drink juice. Oh, yeah. And sometimes 12, sometimes 16 ounces. So 16 ounces of juice has about the same about the same amount as a Pepsi or Coke does. Yep. It's 16 ounces of hidden sugar. And it shocks people. So it's no wonder people struggle with their immune function. Mm-hmm. You might be asking, why is it advisable to reduce your sugar consumption? We talk about no sugar, no sugar, no uh-huh. sugar on this show uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. But why? Yeah. So, Dar, I have some... It's... Pretty old research, but it's still very relevant. You know, we've talked on our show about phagocytes before, right? Mm -hmm. I know Kate has talked about that on Dishing Up Nutrition before, but I want to refresh your memory. So phagocytes are the part of your white blood cells, right? So really strong immune function. Those phagocytes go out and attack bacteria, and viruses. They're kind of like little Pac-Men. Exactly. Yep. They're the little Pac-Men of your immune system. And that research was reported in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition in 1973. That was nearly 35 years ago. They found that phagocyte activity is reduced by 50% for five hours following a meal or a snack with high sugar food. So So, think about that. mm -hmm. I mean, think about if you had a breakfast with cereal, toast, and juice, Mm -hmm. that's a high sugar breakfast. Yep, absolutely. So if after that you're exposed to a virus or your immune system takes a dip, you know, that shingles virus that's lying dormant in your body can rear its ugly head and you may struggle with a shingles outbreak. So, for example, rather than eating that immune-boosting breakfast of eggs, vegetables, and good fat, mm-hmm. you fall back into that old habit of having a glass of juice, that bowl of cereal, mm-hmm. and an English muffin. And we hear that every once in a while, as mm-hmm. people will say, you know, I know I shouldn't eat that, but I just had to. Mm-hmm. So, guess what? You have just assume, consumed 28 teaspoons of hidden sugar 
that can negatively affect your immune function and allow the shingles virus to come out of its dormant place mm-hmm. and turn into a full-blown shingles outbreak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. It's just takes sometimes when people are in a weakened immune place, all it takes is maybe not sleeping one night. Mm-hmm. All it takes is like a breakfast, like I just talked about, mm-hmm. the cereal, toast, juice, high sugar. Yeah. Or, you know, going to a fast food and having French fries, which is actually mm-hmm. something that is high sugar and bad fat. Yeah. So we never know exactly yeah. what is going to cause that shingles or even a cold sore outbreak. Yep, absolutely. Another one that I think of in terms of stressing the immune system, I unfortunately from personal experience, is skipping meals. Skipping meals. You know, yes. so maybe you, you know, you didn't have cereal for breakfast. Maybe you just didn't have anything for breakfast. Mm-hmm. That's also putting your immune system at risk. You know, we often talk about when you skip meals and your blood sugar drops. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most stressful events mm-hmm. that you can do to your body. Yep. Which just uh, people, they have a hard time wrapping their head around that. Yeah, it's taken me a long time to practice self-care by eating breakfast to support my immune system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a habit. It is. It is. It's a habit moving you forward. Absolutely. So um, we've got how many more minutes about? We've got one minute left. Dar. I think we should give our listeners a, a little taste of what we're going to be talking about next week. Well, we actually are having a rerun. Okay. It's um it's uh a, it's on pain and inflammation. Mhm. But it's a great show. Yep. I believe it is. Or maybe I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong possibly. Well, that would be well. a first. <laughs> <laughs> so next week listen to Dishing Up Nutrition. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, always our goal in nutritional weight and wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. It's so simple, yet it's a powerful message. So eating real food is life-changing. And, you know, if you're worried about getting a immune uh, problem going, you know, maybe a shingles outbreak or a cold sore outbreak, you know, take a look at some of the things that we talked about today. And maybe you have a family member that has these issues. Mm-hmm. Share this share this podcast with one of your family members. And we thank you. And Shelby, thank you for doing the show this morning yeah, with me. Yeah, it was great to be and with you, Dar. thank you for listening. Have a good food day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.